Today's message is part three of the, the series called Times and Seasons. The message that I'm going to present to you today is knowing your current prophetic season. Knowing your current prophetic season. We're going to start off in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. I'll give you a moment to get there. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven a time to be born let's say that again it's very important a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted a time to kill and a time to heal a time to break down and a time to build up a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a, and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. There's so many angles I could take today's message on. But let's do a bit of homework slash study. I'm going to encourage you all to read Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 to 8 when I finish in your own time. Because what you'll see from verse 1 to 8 are all the different seasons that are possible in your life. There's going to be different seasons. And the question that we're really going to ask today is how to know the prophetic season that you are in. I'm not talking about the church as a whole because the church in itself has its own season. But what prophetic season are you in? Let me ask it this way. What is God doing in your life right now? If you don't know what God is doing in your life right now, you're already losing. I'll say that again. If you don't know what God is doing in your life right now, you're already losing. If God is saying, listen, I, I really want you just to give up certain things, and I'm challenging you to let go of these things, but you're thinking this is the time to accumulate and acquire, guess what? You're losing. This may be the season where you're supposed to be mourning. And I don't mean mourning because of death. Just mourning because you're just letting go of the things of the past. But if you're not aware of that, you're going to cry, you're going to scream, you're going to kick out when things in your life begin to start moving away. You'll ask yourself, why has she left me? I'm not talking about me, by the way. Why has he left me? How come he doesn't behave like that anymore? Instead of trying to gain or retain, if you knew God was preparing you to let go. So the question is how? And the words that, stood, that stand out to me in verse 1, 
are these two words, time and season. Time and season. Okay. Let me start off straight face and then I'm going to flow. I'm going to kick off. Statement one. Purpose is the original intent for which something or someone was created. There are purposes in seasons. And if you don't know what your purpose is, and when I mean purpose, the perspective you're supposed to have, the position you're supposed to have, or the, or the, the stance you're supposed to have in a season, you will not really be ready for your season. You have to know your purpose to be entitled to enter successfully into the corresponding season. Your success, and I'm talking to young and I'm talking to old, your success is a heart positional issue. I'm going to say that again because the world does not believe this. Your success is a heart positional issue. It's not about the outcome per se. It's about the state of your heart. What's the state of your heart and what is the position of your heart? And if you put those two things together, you will walk in success, not based on what your friend thinks. You will, you will walk in success, not based on what your job says is success, but you will be successful in the most important eyes in God's. So this only works if you know someone you're sitting next to. If you don't know who you're sitting next to, don't do what I'm going to say, okay? Don't do it. I just said it's all about success. And your success is about purpose. You need to know your purpose. Your purpose is about position. I want you, if you're sitting next to someone you know, to swap seats. If you're sitting next to someone you know, I want you to swap seats. Now, for those who swap seats, they can now answer this question. Your position is different. And because your position is different, your perspective has changed. Straight away, just because you're in a different place, you can now see, you're now aware of things that you weren't aware before. Simply because you moved place. Now, if you grab that illustration I'm trying to describe to you in the physical, you'll understand what God is trying to do in your life. If you can stand here where God wants you to stand in this prophetic season in your life, then success is yours. But if you're standing here, It's the wrong position and in the wrong position comes complaining in the wrong position comes frustration in the wrong position comes the words like you know what God doesn't care he cares about her she's always got testimonies when's my testimony and there's some bad preaching never from this church but there's some bad preaching where it makes it sound like the following has everyone been to a theme park before and you're in a queue and you wait 
And sometimes faith is preached in a way where it's, you know what, you've been in the queue for 10 years, but your day is coming soon. Wrong. That's not what faith is. It's not a waiting game. Oh, it's my turn. Now I'm on the ride. No. You know what faith really is? When your eyes open up in the spirit and realize you're on the ride already. You already have it. You're already on. You're already a participator or you've already been invited to participate. Your lack of participation is a lack of recognition. Your lack of a recognition is because you're not positioned in the right place. Once you're positioned in the right place, you'll understand purpose. All of a sudden, you'll be at the right time, you'll be in the right place at the right time, saying the right things, meeting the right people. And the world will call it coincidence. I call it the Spirit of God. So the question is this. We're friends, right? We're friends? Okay, I'm going to say something a bit harsh. Why are we so prideful? Why are we so hesitant to say, you know what, God? I know you're God and you're all-knowing and that stuff, but I think I know something you don't. I think my desires for me are probably better than your desires for me. And the reality is, that is the truth to so many of our prayers. Lord, give me this. I know you want to give me full sight, but I really want partial sight. Humility is key for you to walk in the success of your prophetic season. Knowing your purpose for this season is what positions you for success. <laughs> but here's what's so powerful. I want to give you the answer and we're going to walk through it. What positions you for success is prayer. Okay, let me tell you a story. Um, IT team, can you have the picture of the camel and the pin? Yes. IT are ready today, praise God. Okay, I was eight years old. I grew up Roman Catholic. And I was sitting down, much like these young kids here, sitting down with my mum. And the priest said, he said to me, he said not to me, but he said to everyone, he was quoting from, I believe, Matthew 11. And he says, it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. Now, what my mom didn't know, what my dad didn't know, and what the priest didn't know is this thought that I'm going to tell you. The thought was this. This is what I imagined in my head. I imagined an eye of a needle like this. You have to remember, I'm eight years old. This is all I know. An eye of a needle. And I... And I've been to London Zoo, and I know how big a camel is. And I thought to myself, pin camel, this is impossible. How am I possibly, I'm done, why are we even going to church? I looked at my mum, why are we even here then? I said to myself, wow, I was looking around the church, I thought, how come no one's depressed? I kid you not, I turned off from God for many years as a result of that. And I thought to myself, wow, this is impossible. I can't do that. Next picture. But then I become born again, I get saved, and I, I, I understand the Bible a bit more. And I realize that the eye of the needle has got nothing to do with an actual needle. They should have said that at the beginning. 
But it was more like this. Now, what's really interesting about an eye of a needle, it's kind of like, imagine that Jerusalem had walls, like walls to a city, and there would be a massive gate. Oh, perfect. Like, you see this massive gate here? That would be, it wouldn't be that big, but it'd be really big. And anyone would be able to enter, no problem. But if you came into the city too late, the massive door would be closed. And what would be left is a very small door, very similar to this. So Jesus was saying, it would be better. Oh, no, no. He said, it'd be easier for a camel to get through an eye. That little gap is an eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. And I thought to myself, wait, hold on. This is interesting. Because camels were used to carry luggage. And the Lord spoke to me about today. He said, listen, tell them this. Tell them this. That camel has no luggage on them. It could have been walking to get to that city for days. And in order for that camel to get in, and there's a chance that it won't because it's just physically too big. In order for that camel to get in, all luggage has to be let go of. Everything that was accumulated and acquired, everything that that camel was used to walking around with, had to be taken away in order for him to get inside. Pause. How many things, how much baggage, how much luggage are we carrying from the season past? How much emotional pain? How much offense? How much hurt? How much anxiety? How much fear? How much frustration? There are people, what's the date today? The 18th, the 18th of July. There are people living today, 18th of July, 2021. They're physically here, but they're living based on 1995. Something that happened years ago. And because they were never able to let it go, they were never able to move on. So they come to church, they'll smile at me. Pastor A, how you doing my friend? How are you doing? I'm blessed and highly favoured, praise God. You're lying. You're lying because the reality is that's not the case. If you won't allow prayer to position you to be successful in this prophetic season, you won't know what, your, what the goal is. You won't have the equipment to, 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 to get through the season. You'll struggle in the season for longer than you ought to. And guess what? It sounds very similar to the Israelites in the wilderness. Something that should have taken you a few days is taking you years. Because you don't want to give it up. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a personal story. I was at someone's house yesterday. And this person had a grievance against me. Oh my gosh. It was bad. And the funny thing is, I apologize. I said to them, I said to them many times. And I realized. I'm no longer in control. Or I never was in control with how that person was feeling. Let me be a bit pr prophetic right now. If you're sitting down here right now, if you're listening at home, and you're aware of someone that you have a grievance with, someone that you are, you're, you're, you're not forgiving for whatever reason, I tell you this, and I can't believe I'm going to quote my mom, this is terrible, but it's in line with scripture. You're not hurting me, you're hurting yourself. 
If you knew what your unforgiveness, your bitterness was doing to you, if you knew, if you knew that one person who said you wrong two years ago, if you knew harboring a grudge, you thought life was fine and when you see them, the anger comes. But you didn't know that that anger is already residing in you. It doesn't go. When you see them, you're reminded of it. I encourage each and every one of you. It's not in our own strength to forgive the unforgivable. I'll be honest with you. But we are called to be empowered to forgive the unforgivable. Sometimes I wonder what type of God some of us serve. Do we serve a God who enables us or empowers us? There's a difference. Do you want a God who enables you to continue with who you think you are? Or do you want to serve a God who empowers you to walk in the way in how he thinks about you? And if you choose the latter, we call that freedom in Christ. We call that freedom in Christ. In this season to come, or in the season that you're in, there are going to be times, and times are moments. In that moment of time, are you going to walk in the power of God because you have been positioned by him through prayer to be successful in this prophetic season? Or is that going to happen in this time? Or are you going to do what makes sense to you? Are you going to lean on your own understanding? Are you going to do what you desire to do, which is contrary to what God desires you to do? So many of us, not so many, all of us, we're all called in Christ to win. And the saddest thing is, it looks like so many of us are just used to losing. Something doesn't seem right. I want us to pause for a second, a seller a moment, and really ponder that. Ponder that on YouTube, ponder that on Facebook, ponder that of those who are in this room. Do you want God to be seen and his success to be known in this season to come? Do you want to be empowered by his spirit to do the right thing at the right time, to desire to do the right thing at the right time, to have the knowledge, the understanding, the wisdom that comes from the seven spirits of God, Isaiah chapter 11. Do you want that or do you want to do what you have been doing and what you're used to doing by yourself without the influence of the Holy Spirit? It's the question you have to ask yourself. And if your answer is no, I, I, I want to be successful. I want this prophetic season. I want to know what the prophetic season is. I want to know what God is doing in my life. And I want to do what he's desiring for me to do. If you want that, then you can continue to listen on. What's so funny is this. We're so used to quoting scripture. Romans 8.31, 
I love this verse. If God be for us, who can stand against us? I get excited when I hear that verse. But then the Holy Spirit said to me one day, why are you excited for? <laughs> so I love it. I love the verse. He said, it's a question. If God be for us, who can stand against us? If. You can't be excited on the question. You have to be excited because of the answer. The answer has to be this. God is for me. So who can stand against me? Don't just quote scripture. Understand that the end goal of scripture is to take you from what it says to you to experience what it's saying. That's the purpose of this. Do you believe that God is for you? It's not about what you would like. It's not about what you intellectually know. It's about what you believe. We call that faith. And when we're in the position of faith, because of prayer, and I want to talk about some things soon, when we're positioned by prayer to be ready to overcome, i.e. win, in the moments or the times, in the season that we're in, then you're bringing glory to God. Why? This is how you bring glory to God. To carry the glory of God. I'll say that again. If you want to bring glory to God, it's about carrying his glory. What is his glory? It's the fullness of him. Everything that he is, when that's a reality in your heart, everything that he is, is seen in everything that you do and everything that you say. Knowing the glory of God is the most important thing because when you know the glory of God, when you're experiencing the glory of God, guess what? You're experiencing eternal life. John 17, 3. Eternal life. This is eternal life. To know God. Not intellectually know, but to know him through spiritual relationship. And not just between you and him, because you and him are knowing each other. He is being known to, each other, to everyone else. Eternal life is the quality, the standard of God's life. Jesus died on the cross. Why? So you could live like him. And when you live like him, you know him. And when you know him, you're knowing the real you. So many people, so many people um, are encouraged by the names of God. And that's so important. But let me tell you this. For you to experience the reality of the names of God, you have to be walking in the spirit. When you're walking by faith, all of a sudden there's a knowing the Lord is my shepherd. There's a knowing the Lord is my rock. You're not just quoting it. You're declaring it in reality and truth. So the question is this. Is God real to you right now? And if he's not real to you right now, if his love for you isn't real for you right now, then unfortunately, unfortunately, you will not recognize him as your shepherd and you will want. And you will want because you will sense lack. 
Why? Because a human wasn't designed to walk in this world by themselves without the influence of the Spirit. The glory of God is what completes you. It's what makes you whole. So when you're walking with the glory of God, you're fulfilling his very desire and pleasure and reason why you're here in the first place. To make him known. Do you know what's really funny? Listen to this thought. Everything that you think you are is based on the following. It's based on bad education. It's based on bad experiences. It's based on the bad things that people have said about you. It's based on, it's based on what you have or what you don't have. It's based on all these things. And you know what's so interesting? All of these beliefs you have that are negative about yourself is actually why we get offended. Let me tell you how offense works, really. It's not what someone said to you or done to you that you're offended. Their actions have touched a bad belief of yours. They didn't hug me. They didn't say hello. That means they don't love me. If they don't love me, that means I'm unworthy. I'm not worthy to be loved. If I'm not, if I'm not, not worthy to be loved, how? I feel a certain way. They make, they've made me feel a certain way because of their actions. But the reality is, it's got nothing to do with their actions. You believe a lie. You believe you're not loved. So you're telling me you're loved. You will know you're loved by the actions of other people. And how interesting, that's how we live life. I am what people say I am. I am based on the feelings I have when I experience interactions with people. If you're living like that, stay at home. Stay at home. Because this world is way too heavy and rough for you. But when the foundation of who you think you are is in line with God's words, now guess what? You're living by faith and not by sight. Do you know how heavy that word is? To live by faith and not by sight. Do you know how heavy that word is? Because to truly walk in the reality of that is crazy. Listen to this. To live by faith and not by sight is to say this. Everything that I am is founded by what God says. Anything that is not in line with, God's, with what God says about me is not true to me. Even though I suffered horrible things when I was young. Even though I live in a, in a, in a, in a relationship where they're, they're so mean, they're, it's unloving. Even though all of these external situations are facts, the facts of the outside don't influence the reality of the inside because greater is he. You have to understand this. You have to fight. I mean, pause. Paul's a genius. The fight of faith is this. Positioning yourself, because your mind is like a dog, it will just run everywhere. You have to take that crazy mind of yours and you need to put it on a leash. Because if you don't take control of your mind, <laughs> your mind is going to take control of you based on the information it connects to. When someone says something negative to you, you didn't get the promotion. You're looking now, I don't, I'm not married yet. I don't have enough children. Or whatever the issue is, how you think. Whenever that thought comes in, I tell you this. I tell you this. You need to know something about God's word in order to fight that thought. 
Because if you don't fight that thought in that moment, this happens. You'll start contemplating. Maybe I, it's true, maybe I, I do need a family to, to be something in this world. They have a family. They look so happy. And all of a sudden, your mind goes down this horrible path of thought and you're stuck there. And you stay stuck there sometimes for years. And no one knows. And you've become so used to it that this is my reality. And God says, I am with you, I'll never forsake you. So the problem is this, you're lacking truth. John 8, 31, 32, and they shall know the truth and the truth shall set them free. Free from what the question should be. Free from how you think, because how you think is wrong. So here's the point. How can we position ourselves correctly in order, like the camel, oh my goodness, the camel had to take all the baggage off and had to get on its knees. Denzel Washington says this, one of my favorite things Denzel's ever said. When you go to bed at night, get your shoes and put them as far deep under your bed as possible so that when you wake up in the morning, you have no choice but to get on your knees. Pray, seek the Father. How interesting. The Bible talks about a few things that we should do at all times. At all times, the Bible says, to bless the Lord. At all times, the Bible says, give thanks. At all times, the Bible says, pray. At all times, these are the activities that need to be done at all times to automatically position you. For your breakthrough. These activities, these disciplines is what is necessary to position you to break free. What's the point of being born again if you're not enjoying the reality of eternal life? Okay, you're born again, you're going to go to heaven. But that mentality alone will make you live as if you're in hell until you get to heaven. Your life can't be a testimony that way. This isn't about pointing the finger of condemnation. Far from it. This is pointing the finger of where we should be aspiring to. This is the higher calling that Paul talks about. Imagine each and every one of us filled by the Spirit, walking in the glory, revealing the glory of God. Imagine each and every one of us in our houses, at home, on missions, responding to a very rude boss. Imagine that. Then declare the gospel. And I tell you, you'll see an increase in numbers. Why? 
because people are being touched by God and not just hearing the message from God from hypocrites. It's a funny point, actually, hypocrites. Do you know when a Christian doesn't walk in the reality of this, that's when they're being a hypocrite? It's funny that, because the world will use it and flip it and make you feel guilty. But the reality is, when you're walking in sin, you're actually then being a hypocrite. Why? Because a hypocrite is an actor. So when you're in sin, you're acting in a way that's not true to your nature. How interesting is that? Your prophetic destiny in this season is down to prayer is down to giving thanks at all times and I want to end with this giving thanks is so key Psalms 100 verse 4 to 5 says enter my gates with thanksgiving and my courts with praise now ultimately they are talking about Moses' tabernacle the outer court the inner court and the holy of holies but we're not going to talk about that today but there is a principle he's trying to say. He's trying to say this. To the born-again believer, realize you're born again. Sounds simple, right? And because you are born again, in other words, in Christ, in other words, forgiven, loved, and all the other lists of all the in Christ truths there are, Give thanks because you're in it already. You don't need to pursue righteousness. You are righteous. And when your mind starts to engage with the truth because you're thanking God, let me tell you this. Thanking God is one of the most important disciplines. And I'm talking about, don't just thank God about the oxygen. Thank you God that I have toes. Thank you God that I have an elbow. That's good. But that's not going to get you out of your situation that you're in right now. Thank God that you are born again. Thank God that he has made a way out of the darkness. Thank God for the things that, that he's given you. You have the Holy Spirit. You are righteous. You have the Holy Spirit. Thank God for what you have already. And guess what? Given time, as you set your mind on this truth, you'll receive a truth by faith. And when you receive that truth by faith, it brings you into a place of operating by faith. The just shall live by faith. It's about going from faith to faith. Guys, this is what it's about. It's about being free from the operations of the flesh and walking by faith. When you're walking by faith, you're positioned to be successful in this season at all times within that season. You're supposed to win. There's students here. There's mums here, there's grandparents here, there's children here. We're all supposed to win. You don't start winning, let's talk to the kids. You don't start winning because I start winning when I'm 18. No. You're in the race already, young man. Let's talk to the YouTubers. There could be young kids here, there could be someone who's really old here. It's got nothing to do with your age. The question is, is your heart positioned in the reality of his love for you? Keep yourself in the love of God. I don't feel like love. I, I don't feel like I'm loved. 
Set your mind on the truth. And the truth will bring you into the reality of his love for you. And now you're free of the deception that you were once walking in. Fight for that. Don't be so happy to say, you know what, I don't feel too good, let me eat. I don't feel too good, let me watch the football. The whole country. Let's move on. I need healing there. But the point is this, brothers and sisters. If you allow your mind to give thanks, it, focus, it focuses you on the most important thing. The most important thing isn't the situation that's going on inside, outside. The most important thing is what's, what the reality is inside. You have the indwelling Holy Spirit. You are a child of God. There is a way. There is power, anointing made available for you to walk in the reality of the glory of God. And when you're walking in the glory of God, you're revealing the glory of God. You're enjoying the presence of the Lord. There's joy. There's peace. There's all these wonderful things. All of a sudden, people say to you, how come you're so loving? How come you're so kind? How come you're so good? How come you're so patient? How come you have so much self-control? Why? Because the presence of the Holy Spirit is seen in you. We call it the fruit. All of a sudden, you have wisdom and understanding that goes beyond your years or become, goes beyond your, your expertise. Where is it, where's that coming from? From the Spirit of the Lord. All because you simply, you simply took your time to say, you know what? I'm going to spend time with God. Our biggest issue is inconsistency. We all know this. I'm not saying anything new. Our issue is, I agree with this guy, but why am I so inconsistent? Let me help you out, and this is how I want to end it for today. We all know that discipline is key, for sure, absolutely. Discipline is the most important thing. Well, it's not the most important thing, that's the problem. You can't be disciplined if you don't retain the vision. The vision is connected to the purpose. The purpose of the gospel is this. Christ has given you his life. Now that he's given you your life, his, his life, he wants, his, he wants to live with you. He wants to be seen in everything that you do. That's called the glory of God. So that's the purpose. Don't forget the purpose. If you lose sight of the purpose, you haven't got the vision. And if you haven't got the vision, you will naturally forget what's the point of all of this. And automatically you'll think, well, it's all about getting married. It's all about making more money. It's all about getting higher, uh, getting a, um, a bigger raise or, or a promotion or having children, whatever. You'll think all of those things and the reality is it's got nothing to do about those things first. Those things are supposed to be added on to you. But if you remember the vision, that the vision is to enjoy God for his life to fill you not just indwell you but to fill the reality of your soul if you can put that first then guess what you have a vision if you realize and remember wait hold on not only is this the vision but I remember that I'm already in Christ already I'm not trying to be reborn again I am born again I can give thanks to that wow so all the guilt and condemnation that I've been feeling because I haven't been spending time with God, which has caused me to sin, he loves me anyway. Give thanks to that. Nothing can stop you from experiencing 
the love of God. And the love of God is the life of God in experience in you. So that means if nothing can stop us, we're stopping ourselves. 